This is Kyle Tully with the Consulting Tycoon Podcast. This is part two of a two-part series on lessons learned from Half My Life Consulting. Now, part one was way back in 2016, so if you haven't listened to that one, you might want to add it to your playlist. It was one of the most popular episodes from last year. This is our first episode for 2017. I've been really busy helping our insiders members grow their businesses, working with some of my own consulting clients, and also launching a new e-commerce store. But I'm really excited to bring this episode to you, so let's get stuck in. The Consulting Tycoon podcast is brought to you by Consulting Tycoon Insiders. This is my private coaching community for consultants, freelancers, and local business marketers who want to take their business to the next level. As a member, you get access to training and resources such as the Insiders Core Training with my go-to strategies to quickly take your business to that next level, my advanced sales training on how to sell and get clients, my persuasive writing program on how to write copy without having to be a great copywriter, and lots more. You get swipe files of proven marketing campaigns that you can swipe and deploy right into your business. We hold regular monthly mastermind calls where you can get your most burning questions answered. And you also get a private one-on-one coaching thread with myself. No one else in the community can see this thread. Only you and I have access. And this is where you get private one-on-one coaching with myself. We can work on the biggest challenges in your business. I often critique marketing campaigns for people. I share exactly what's working and how they can get their stuff, their marketing, their business to that next level that they're trying to get to, whether that's getting your first client, getting your 10th client, or growing and scaling all the way up to a hundred grand or more per month. Now, Insiders is currently on waitlist. We do this because I want to bring on new members slowly so I can personally work with each person to get them up and running fast. So if you think you're ready for something like Insiders for that high-level coaching head over to consultingtycoon.com forward slash insiders and get yourself on the wait list so you can be first to know when we open. So let's get stuck into the next part of the lessons I've learned from half my life consulting. Now, I've been doing a lot of surfing lately and it really dawned on me recently that surfing is all about skill development. When you first get on a surfboard, It's difficult just to balance. You're rolling off side to side. You're too far forward. You're too far back. takes a little bit of time just to find that little sweet spot of where you need to be sitting. Then once you've got that, now you've got to learn how to paddle and move through the water efficiently. Suddenly, there'll be a wave rearing up in front of you, and you need to learn how to duck dive to get yourself under that wave. All of this exertion quickly makes you realize that you need a level of fitness that you probably didn't have before a very specific type of surf fitness. Then once you manage to get out the back behind the breaking waves, you need to learn how to read waves, learn how to get yourself into the right position so that you can catch a wave, develop timing to be in the right spot at the right time. You need to have balance and coordination. And all of that is just so that you can catch a wave. Then you've got to learn those next level skills Things like turning, using your rails, developing speed, staying in the pocket, bailing out without hurting yourself and avoiding all the tourists on their boogie boards. And every wave that you face is different. Every beach, reef or point break that you surf is completely different. The wave shape is different. They have different energy. They break in different places, different speeds with different consequences. And every time the waves get bigger, You need to step up your skills in each of these areas. The skills that got you to a certain point won't help you when you get into those bigger waves. You really need to improve those skills. And all of this 
takes hundreds and hundreds of repetitions to get right. And many times you'll only get one or two chances in a session to practice something. Because all the things have to come together for you to be able to practice that one little skill. And you can't practice turning until you've mastered a bunch of those other skills to actually catch the wave in the first place. And business is also a game of skill development. You know, you've got basic things like goal setting and time management. Then you've got to learn marketing to go out and get clients. Maybe you need to learn copywriting to put together some of those marketing campaigns. Suddenly you've got consultations booked with clients and you need to learn sales and persuasion, communication, relationship building. You've got all the technical skills of actually running your business, things like SEO, PPC, social media, the actual consulting process itself. And when you get a bunch of clients, you've got to learn how to manage them, how to deal with people, how to delegate. You might need to learn things like public speaking and presenting. And the key idea is that no one is born great at all of these things. In fact, you don't even have to be great at all of these. You just need to be okay at most of them. And the great news is everyone can get pretty okay at at all of them if you focus on skill development. Just like I do with surfing, where every time I'm out there, I'm focusing on a new skill, focusing on that one key thing that's going to get me to that next level. I do the same thing in business. Each quarter, I pick one skill that I want to improve. I go into Amazon, I'll buy the top three to five books on the topic, and I'll do something crazy. I'll actually read them. I'll spend 30 minutes each day reading those books, and I'll do something even crazier than that. I'll spend another 30 minutes each day taking action on something I learned from those books. That process alone will make you a you know top 20% expert in any of those skills very, very quickly. And then when you're ready, you can invest in higher-level training and coaching programs to help you apply what you learned from those books to help you get to that end result faster and avoid all the pitfalls. So the lesson here is business is all about skill development and you've got to invest in yourself because if you're not growing, you're dying. So invest in books, in education, in coaching and mentoring and all these things that are going to help you get to where you're going faster. I've told you, I think in the first episode of this little two-part series about in my first e-commerce business, I was writing all the copy. I was writing the emails for our promotions. I was writing the product pages for the website. I was writing sales letters to promote our different products. I was writing back-end direct mail packages. And what I discovered there was I liked writing copy more than I did running that business. So I went out and decided I would become a freelance copywriter. I bought all the books. I did a couple of courses. And I had some basic level of skills. And it was at that point I figured, okay, I can go out and spend months or maybe years trying to figure all this stuff out on myself. Just apply what I've learned from the books, from the courses, and you know, see how it goes and, and test, measure, and improve and, and go on. You know, things like how to get clients, um, how to find a niche, how much I should be charging, how to get the work done quickly and to get results, how to manage those clients how to turn a single client into repeat business and referrals, how to leverage all of this work I was doing into my own products. I could do all that myself or I could go out and find someone who had already figured all that stuff out and just pay them to show me exactly what to do. So I went out and I found a mentor and I paid him $10,000 US which at the time was a lot of money for me. Um, converting into Australian dollars straight away was at, you know $12,000 or $13,000. It was a real big stretch for me at the time. It was you know, probably 10 times more than I'd ever spent on training or coaching before. 
In fact, I had to borrow some money and put it on a credit card to afford it. But I made that investment back within six weeks. Because when you invest at that level, there's no excuses, there's no running, there's no hiding from that investment. It wasn't you know, a $20 book that you bought that you can casually put on the shelf. There's an investment there and you back yourself. And then when I wanted to transition from copywriting into selling my own products, again, I figured out I can you know, figure all this stuff out myself. I'm smart. I can figure out what niche to go into, what type of product I should create, how to actually create the product, how to make sure people get results from my products, how to build a sales funnel, all that stuff. Or I could just go out and find someone who'd already made that exact transition and pay them for coaching. And so one month later, I had my first product up and running and making sales because that's exactly what I did. So the lesson here is that whatever challenges you're facing in your business right now, whether it's just trying to find a niche, get that first client, maybe break past the, the five-client barrier to get to you know, 10, 20 clients, someone else out there has already figured it out. And you can pay money to get answers quickly. You don't have to keep banging your head against the wall. Or you can pay with the one resource you can never get back, your time. See, money has this magic ability to replenish. You spend money, you make more money. But when you spend your time, you can't get that time back. So coaches and mentoring have been absolutely worth their weight in gold to me. I remember working with one mentor and really getting to see the inside of his business. And I really was just shocked at how much stuff was going on. You know, in that month, there were two new websites being built, two brand new information products being built, you know, 150 page ebooks with videos and, and other resources going along with them. There was a high level coaching program being run with about, I think, 10 or 12 students in it. There were three copywriting projects on the books. There were two client proposals that were going out the door, and these proposals, we wrote them like a sales letter. They were like 12 to 16-page sales letters that were kind of disguised as a proposal, and he was working with five mentoring students. This is all just the stuff that was happening in one month, and I remember thinking to myself, no wonder he's making so much money. Look at all the stuff he's doing. You know, when I compared all that stuff he was doing to what I'd been doing at the time, I was lucky if I was doing one of those things. And for some reason, I was being overwhelmed by that work. He was doing 10, 15 times more. I don't remember a single time that we you know, talked about a product launch or a guru or some tactical strategy. We just sat down and we did the work. We focused on doing good work, growing the business, making our clients happy. There was urgency in the air to get these things finished. And when I contrast that to many of the people that come to me for help, you know, they've got one thing on their plate. They're moving really slow, making slow decisions on that one thing. Every decision, they're researching a lot. They're talking a lot about it. They're going into forums and you know, asking people on free communities for advice. They're buying more things. They're just consuming, 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 yet they're producing nothing. They're not getting any actual work done. They're thinking about it more than actually doing it, acting like they've got all the time in the world. The lesson, the thing that really helped me break through was the idea of production versus consumption. You want to be producing two to 10 times what you consume. So if you go and read for 30 minutes, you should be implementing for at least an hour. If you go and do a four-hour course, you should be taking action on that thing for 40 hours. And if that course wasn't worth taking 40 hours of action on, it probably wasn't worth doing the four hours in the first place. Don't get stuck in this consumption mode where all you do is consume podcasts and read emails and buy courses and never do anything. Use that production versus consumption 
mindset to focus on doing stuff. It almost doesn't matter what you do because when you start taking action, you quickly course correct and figure out what the right actions are because what you're doing either works or it doesn't. You get feedback from the marketplace and improve as you go along. Many years ago, I was working uh, in a Jay Abraham mentoring program. It was a 12-month course, and it was all about partnering with business owners, generating multiple passive income streams even during the recession. And in that first month of working together, I counted. He sent me 198 pieces of content. These were various reports he'd written, uh, entire training manuals, tons and tons of audios, like 198 individual pieces. One of these books was about 600 pages long. There was a couple of others that were four or 500. It was a ton of content. In fact, it was completely overwhelming to me at the time. Now, I'll give you a secret for processing bunches of information like that because a lot of the time we'll invest in a course or a program and we kind of get dumped a whole bunch of content on us. And some courses you kind of just want to go through from start to finish. But in this case, when you're getting a whole bunch of kind of background material, you can't just go through it because there's no logical possession. So what I did, something very simple. I skimmed through it all and I found the stuff that just stood out to me for whatever reason. I didn't really read into it too much. I just took the stuff that for whatever reason it was, it just was a little light bulb in my head. I should pay attention to this. And I applied it. I implemented just that stuff, maybe 5% of the material he'd sent me. And I ignored everything else, at least for the, the first couple of months of the program. I just focused on applying that one thing. Now, that one thing is what's called the strategy of preeminence, becoming a trusted advisor. It was inside, I think it was called the Wealth Report, one of the reports that Jay sent me. He says, there's a concept called the strategy of preeminence that I teach that transforms your whole life. It's getting yourself established as the most trusted advisor to whatever prospect you want you want to reach. It's getting them to see you as their only viable solution. It's getting them to see that you feel, see, sense, empathetically understand what they're trying to do. And you've got a greater hopefulness for them than they even have for themselves. I remember reading that and that was just this like real breakthrough idea for me at the time. This idea that I can go into a market and become this trusted advisor and almost by the sheer presence I have by taking on that positioning, go out and be seen as someone people want to work with. And I took that on board and I, I made it part of me. I made it part of everything I do. What I realized in developing this trusted advisor position was that people are looking for leaders. They want to work with people that can shortcut their path to success, who have the answers or who know how to go and get them, who have been there before and can show you the pit pitfalls. But there are tons and tons of unscrupulous marketers out there who will do just about anything for a buck. So when you view yourself as their trusted advisor and you take action congruent with that vision, then you stand out from the schmucks as someone who actually cares and you develop clients for life. I've seen that you know, right here in our consulting tycoon community. I've had people who have been with me since the very first product I launched nine or 10 years ago now. This affects how you communicate with people, what you sell, when you sell to people, what you don't sell, the level of responsibility you take in the relationship. Now, I remember one of the first couple of clients I got as a copywriter was a mortgage broker. He was a really nice guy. In fact, we're still friends to this day, but his business was really struggling 
and he didn't have very much money to invest in his marketing. He was just completely tapped out. I think he'd paid a lot of money to become a member within this, you know, mortgage broker society or whatever it was. And he just didn't have any money to spend, but he'd read some of my copy and he was just convinced beyond a shadow of a doubt that he needed me to write copy for him. He saw me as his savior, wanted me to come and save him. You know, he compared me to Dan Kennedy and, really built up my my ego and you know I was like man maybe I am the next Dan Kennedy <laughs> and I was young and inexperienced and I hadn't worked with a ton of clients so I got kind of sucked into this flattery and I took on that project and there's a little mini lesson there and that is someone is always getting sold either getting sold on working with you or sold on not working with you and in this case it was me that got sold I got sold on taking him on as a client and I did some of the best work I'd ever done up to that point some of the best copy I'd ever written. We put together this small five or 10 page website. Every single page on that website was like good high level direct response copy with calls to actions. I wrote a bunch of emails that were just some of the best emails I'd written, put together some direct mail letters for the back end. We had postcards all set up. And when all this work was done, he couldn't afford to run the campaigns. He didn't have the money for traffic. He didn't have any budget for printing and postage. And so... That project went nowhere because it just sat there doing nothing. He couldn't afford to do anything with it. Now, I should have seen that going into it, but I let my my ego maybe cloud my judgment. Now, a few a few years later, I had the opportunity to work with another, another mortgage broker, and he contacted me completely cold, just like the first guy did, but this guy was at the top of his game. He was making a couple hundred grand. He was only working four days a week. He was spending about eight grand a month on marketing when we met. And I was able to recycle a lot of what I'd written for the first project into this second project. We plugged my my copy into his existing system and boom, leads started coming in from day one. You see, high-value clients make this business so much easier. High-value clients are just as easy to get as the low-value ones. In fact, they're often easier because they actually have money to invest in marketing. You know, I only got that first client because he saw me as his savior. But I got the second one because he was making so much money, he was of course willing to invest a couple of thousand dollars in a project. It was nothing to him. And the great thing about high value clients is they're much easier to get results for. You know, they've already got their shit together, they've got some momentum, they've got resources to make things happen, they've often got underutilized assets that you can leverage, they've got stuff that you can play with. They've got money to spend. The key breakthrough idea is you don't have to start at the bottom and work your way up. You can go right after your ideal clients. Now, you might not be able to go out and get Microsoft or Apple as a client from day one, but it doesn't mean you have to start with the smallest businesses who don't have any marketing budget and who are going to be almost impossible to get results for. Aim higher than that. Aim for the clients who have got money to invest in marketing, who are already spending money on marketing, and help them get better results. There's always going to be people who want to serve the super low end of the market, and that's fine. Let them have that business. It's not worth going after. And the way the you know, um, AI and technology is going these days, you'll find a lot of those low-level clients are going to be perfectly well-serviced by just all the automated software. You know, you'll be able to sign up for a Facebook ads account and just their basic artificial intelligence will be able to read your website, figure out what kind of ad you should run, and it will all, all be automated. And for a small level business, that will probably work just fine. You want to go after those high level clients where you can add a lot of value. 
Now, I remember the first big check I got as a consultant was for 15 grand. And again, at the time, this was a huge amount of money. It was probably two or three months wages at my previous job. It was by a long shot the single biggest check I'd got in my consulting business. And the best thing about this was it was a project that was only going to take me about two weeks to deliver. It was more money than I'd ever seen in one go before. And added to the other projects I closed that month, I think the total income was just shy of 25 grand. And man, did I go out and spend it like a drunken sailor. You know, new laptop, new ice hockey gear, trip to the US, drinks on me everywhere we went. You know, I was, I was a 25K per month consultant, right? The only problem is next month, you start from zero again. You see, I wasn't a 25K per month consultant. I was a 25K one month consultant. And there's a huge difference in that. See, so the projects from that previous month, they actually took longer than expected. So I'd spent most of the money before I'd even finished the projects. And I spent most of the month working on all that client stuff rather than going out and generating new business. So at the end of the month, I brought in less than $3,000 that second month. And the month after wasn't much better because I had no momentum. I had to start from scratch with my marketing. Now today, it's extremely rare I get a check for fifteen grand. Almost everything I do is focused on smaller recurring projects, you know, monthly AdWords management, monthly group coaching programs, monthly one-on-one coaching, yearly membership sites. Everything is systemized, productized, and easily delivered. You know, each client might only pay a thousand or three thousand dollars per month, but they stick around for months and often years. And every new client adds to next month's recurring income. Now it's you know almost never that I would ever even think about starting at zero with any business. Every month starts at some kind of dollar figure because we've always got recurring revenue from the clients from the previous months. And that's the best feeling in the world when you don't start from zero. Your business changes from constantly hunting to farming to growing people. And when a client or two drops out, it's no big deal because they're easy to replace. You don't have to replace 25 grand's worth of income. You might have to replace one or $2,000 and that's a whole lot easier. The result of all this is that your income keeps increasing. You've got less stress day to day, which lets you think clearer. It gives you more mental energy for your clients. They then get a better version of you and then they get better results. So recurring income is the secret source for the consulting business. You make a sale once and you get paid over and over. So the more you focus on this recurring income, the more powerful the ongoing effects are because it just keeps building and building. And most businesses, you know, they don't have the talent, knowledge, resources to do marketing stuff in-house, right? So ongoing projects benefit your clients massively. Digital marketing is an essential business function these days. And one-off projects are rarely enough to get the job done. They're simply not. Even if you give them the keys to the perfect system, they don't have the skills and resources to run it effectively to read and understand the reports and know how to adjust, to adjust as competitors come in and you know do different strategic things to try and beat them in the marketplace. That's where the value of a consultant is and that's why you need to offer recurring things to your clients if you want to help them get real results in the long term. As you, their trusted advisor, it's your responsibility to engage them to the full extent needed to get them the results they want. I'll say that again, as their trusted advisor, It's your responsibility to engage them to the full extent needed for them to get the results they want. It's up to you to sell them 
what they need to get what they want. They don't know how to get what they want. They might have a general idea, a general concept of the thing they want or the thing they think that's going to help them, but they don't know. You're the expert. You're the subject matter expert who knows what they need to get. And you're doing them and yourself a disservice by underselling, by selling smaller, by going in a different direction to try and appease them and maybe protect your own ego. Sell them what they need. And in almost every case, it's going to be a recurring service that gets the job done and helps them for the long term. Guys, that's it for part two of Lessons Learned from Half My Life Consulting. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. If you have, please head over to the iTunes store and rate and review the podcast. It really helps get the word out there. Try and get this up to to 30 or 40 listeners now. And if you ever need my help, if you want to become a member of our Insiders Coaching Community, I'd love to have you as a member. We open the doors a couple of times a year. We're currently on wait list, but you can go to consultingtycoon.com forward slash insiders. Get yourself on the wait list and you'll be the first to know when we open the doors.